Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is SiriusXM Progress. Welcome to the love fest that is Tell Me Everything. Bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble since 2015. We have a lot of processing to do. It's been a crazy week here. We've just taped some great new interviews with Christoph Waltz, the two-time Oscar winner, with Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Those are going to be coming up on the show really, really soon. And tonight's show is jam-packed with wonderful guests. Um, where to even begin? We're going to be talking tonight with, uh, well, a couple of our favorite comedians to round up their week in review, Carol Montgomery and uh, Leanne Lord, two of the stars of Showtime's excellent series, Funny Women of a Certain Age. We're also going to be talking to Brian Gaysford, who's a real hero in the fight against canned hunting, which you've heard of, right? I mean, we're, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, can go and hunt lions in South Africa. You don't need a license. You could just need a lot of money and they will find an elderly lion or a lion that's been raised in a pen and more or less allow you to murder something that you don't actually have to hunt. It's disgusting. It goes on around the world and right now, um, and it's and it's kind of like poaching, except it's more obnoxious. Brian was raised in South Africa and has devoted his life to conservation initiatives including fighting against this you remember cecil the lion brian knew cecil the lion and we're really happy to have him back on the show to talk about this struggle it's something that i think i think you could get a lot of conservatives to agree on i i could be too hopeful on that but i i have some optimism about that i mean donald trump jr for god's sakes kills elephants for entertainment we can agree that's fucked up right and then simon moya smith uh, the great journalist and uh, indigenous activist will join us in hour number three to talk about, well, uh, why it's a little bit fucked up still that so many sports teams are named after words that have to do with Indians, but don't really have anything to do with indigenous people. So it's going to be a packed one. We're going to have a lot of different angles. We got a lot of things to talk about, including the week we just survived from Joe Biden, State of the Union, to all the hatred, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and, and, and this this weaponization of government committee, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders <laughs> blowing up in their faces. And now we've just shot down a UFO, apparently. It's nuts. We got to make sense of a lot of it. Chris Hauselt is our executive producer. We are very happy to have him. He's leaving us in a couple of days. Chris, you're, you're gone all next week. I'm, I'm, I'm too yeah. codependent for this. I don't know if I can handle that. I'm, I'm a needy person. I don't think I can. T- where, where are you going? How can I reach you? Uh, you can't. I'm going to a cabin deep in the mountains. Yeah. Okay. Where, where in the mountains? What, what mountains? Where will you be? Um, it's called the Haunted Forest on Spooky Mountain, North Carolina. Very nice. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting out of town for a bit and taking a break. You've been uh, working nonstop. We will miss you very much. Uh, uh, Thea Harper is also running this thing tonight. She just had her vacation. Uh, you guys are going to be stuck with me anyway. Chris, I'm going to miss you. I hope you have a good time off. I think it'll be great. I'm going to stare at a fireplace and tend to the land. What? It sounds, sounds nice. Probably till some soil and pet my dog. Oh, well, I'm glad Chew on some chicory. Wow, you had me at tilling. That's great. We'll miss you very much. You're going to miss a lot of fun here next week. We're going to have Frank Conniff back on the show in our SiriusXM studios on Monday night. That's going to be a great way to start the week. We're also going to bring you our conversation with Christoph Waltz on Monday. He has a really creepy new show on Amazon that I can't wait to talk to you all about. Also joining us next week, um, a guy that you will know if you've if you're a fan of uh, concerts, you may have seen Mark Rivera 
live. He has been Billy Joel's band leader and Ringo Starr's band leader for decades. He actually trades back and forth. Billy Joel and Ringo kind of plan their tours around when they can have Mark there to run the band. Um, he's Billy Joel's sax player. So if you've ever seen Billy Joel since, what, the 80s, you've seen Mark Rivera. And I've been trying to get him on the show for years. He's a gentleman and a really nice guy. He's going to come in for a pre-tape next week as well with lots of cool stories. I think we have everything. We're, I think we're all set. So now all we need is you for the next three hours. I want to know what infuriated you this week. I want to know what inspired you this week. And I want to know how you're feeling about where our country's at. You know, I was shot down in Myrtle Beach a few times, but only in spring break. All right, let's do it. Let's do a show. Tonight, we are really happy to tell you that Kevin Seafried who carried the Confederate flag inside your nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was found guilty of obstructing Congress, entering a restricted building, and disorderly conduct back in June. Today, he was sentenced. This is the guy who was parading the Confederate flag through our capital. And I, I, I want to talk about the Confederate flag for just a little bit tonight. It's, it's a subject I like to talk about because it makes me furious and it doesn't make enough people angry enough. Like a lot of you, I grew up around it. I'm half Southern. I was very used to seeing them all over the place and seeing them outside of the South as well on certain houses of certain people. I grew up with the Dukes of Hazard and seeing the General Lee and not really understanding why that was, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, uh, evil and racist have the beloved car, the General Lee, with the stars and bars on top. This is the guy who was saying things to the cops like, fuck you, I'm not leaving. Where are the members at? Where are they counting the votes? Kevin Seafried is the guy who threatened a black police officer with a pole attached to a Confederate flag as he stormed the Capitol. That, of course, would be Capitol off police officer Eugene Goodman, who famously and bravely faced off a mob of Donald Trump supporters all by himself and successfully diverted them away from the areas where the lawmakers were being evacuated. Because um, if you were a Donald Trump supporter who's willing to fight his battles for him while carrying a Confederate flag, we already know you're what the dictionary calls a stupid person. Officer Goodman testified in court that Mr. Seafried tried to push him away by jabbing the flagpole towards him. People were shocked by these pictures. You remembered two years ago, this pro-slavery symbol. This white supremacist emoji in fabric form had never, ever been openly flown in our capital, in our nation's history. I mean, the British burned down the White House in the War of 1812. But even at the worst times of the Civil War, the Confederate flag never made it into our capital. This guy and his son climbed over a wall of the Capitol to a lightly protected landing on the Senate side, where the MAGA faithful were smashing the windows, and Mr. Seifried and his son climbed through. They were among the first to enter the building and go after the police inside. Seafried was jabbing at Officer Goodman with the flag and chased him up a flight of stairs. This is all in the trial testimony. Officer Goodman said Seafried refused to leave and demanded to know where the lawbreakers were. And when Goodman was joined by reinforcements, Seafried was cursing out the cops for protecting liars and thieves. Well, he was sentenced today to three years in prison. He's from Delaware, which was not actually on the side of the Confederacy, was it? Ironically, it's Joe Biden's home state. Now, he was sentenced last October to two years in prison. Um, that's I'm sorry, his son, Hunter Seafried, was sentenced last October to two years in prison. But they were both found guilty last June of charges, including obstruction of a pr official proceeding. And Mr. Seafried today, he's 53 years old, and he apologized and cried for his participation. His lawyers said in court documents that he was just a high school dropout and he grew up in an abusive household. And I'm sorry for that. And then they said something that really stayed with me. It made me want to talk about this tonight. They said he was taught that the flag was a symbol of an idealized view of Southern life and Southern heritage, lacking an education beyond the ninth grade and lacking even average intellectual capacity, Mr. Seafried did not appreciate the complex and, for many, painful history behind the Confederate battle flag. He was not aware of the hateful message, the flag that was used to take up arms against the United States, slaughter American soldiers, to preserve a culture of white supremacy where humans were owned and raped and beaten to death 
then sold. He didn't know. And you know what? I believe his lawyers. It's probably true. And that's by design. Again, I grew up around that flag all the time. I was surrounded by white people. And white privilege means you don't have to be aware of the hateful message that flag conveys. It's kind of fitting this happened this week. Because this week was also the 162nd anniversary of Jefferson Davis being elected the president by the Provisional Congress of the Confederate States of America. 161 years ago this week it happened. Oh, and this week was also uh, only the 10th anniversary of the state of Mississippi officially certifying the 13th Amendment, which became the last state to approve of the abolition of slavery. The 13th Amendment was officially ratified by Mississippi in 1995, but they didn't get around to certifying the 13th Amendment until 2013. That's one of many signs that we're in a country that doesn't take the Confederacy seriously. You know why? Because we don't take slavery seriously. We don't take our heritage of slavery seriously. We don't take the slave trade industry seriously. We don't take the slave breeding industry seriously in this country. Remember Doug Mastriano, who almost became governor of Pennsylvania? We saw pictures of him wearing a Confederate military uniform, which I guess he wore that because he wanted to practice losing. I mean, the white supremacy treason flag of the Confederacy flew over the capital of the state of South Carolina until only six years ago after Dylan Roof massacred a church of African-Americans. And then Nikki Haley made a big show of taking it down. And in reality, Nikki Haley took the Confederate flag down to avoid having a discussion about AR-15s. We all talked about a flag instead of the gun. We've talked recently about how Florida, under Ron DeSantis, celebrates Confederate Memorial Day and Robert E. Lee's birthday and Jefferson Davis's birthday, but not Juneteenth. That's three days honoring slavery in Florida on their state calendar, zero days honoring the end of slavery. But, <laughs> of course, I can understand why, because, like Mr. Seafried, uh, they do not appreciate the complex and, for many, painful history behind the Confederate battle flag. Just an idealized view of Southern life and Southern heritage. Remember hearing that? It's heritage, not hate. <laughs> heritage of quitting America and starting your own country because you want to keep people as livestock. You know, Germany has their own version of the Confederate flag, the swastika. They don't fly it. They're ashamed of it. I mean, the far right ones aren't, like here. But Germany is ashamed of their heritage of murder and abuse. And by the way, more humans were raped and murdered, more families were destroyed by slavery in this country than by Hitler. You know what that means? Germany's favorite singer is David Hasselhoff. And they've still got better taste than us. Kevin Seafried was crying in front of Judge Trevor McFadden today in Washington, D.C. The judge told him bringing that flag into our nation's most sacred halls was outrageous. The judge said it was deeply offensive to use a Confederate flag as a weapon against an African-American officer, even putting aside the racist connotations, which you said you did not intend, Judge McFadden said. It was appalling that a symbol of secessionism was used to threaten an officer protecting our democratic process. He said back, I never wanted to send a message of hate. You know, flying a Confederate flag in America in this century, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, let's, let's say you're in a marriage, a, a union, and you get tired of your wife. So you decide you're going to secede from that union and you go off on your own and you take up with some skanky, skanky hoe and you, you party and do whatever you want to do and you hurt people. And then eventually you go broke and you realize you're going to go back in and move in with your wife and you meet your wife to for lunch to negotiate moving back into your house. I don't know. Maybe Appomattox. Uh, um, when you finally move back in to your home, you're not going to hang the other chick's picture over the fireplace. That's the Confederate flag. It's showing off the picture of that girl you were screwing while you were separated from your real family. Now, um, for everyone who says that it's heritage, not hate, for everyone who says, oh, the Confederacy was about states' rights, well, you guys, if you listen to Progress, you probably know that when someone says states' rights were behind the Confederacy, uh, they're, they're racist. Not necessarily bigots, but they're racist. And uh, if they say they're not racist, they're, they're racist. Okay, the cornerstone speech is all you need to know about the Confederate flag. The cornerstone speech was an oration given by Alexander Stevens. He was the Confederacy's vice president. 
He gave this speech at the Athenaeum in Savannah, Georgia, on the 21st of March, 1861. And his speech declared that these fights over the enslavement of African-Americans were the immediate cause of secession and that the Confederate Constitution has resolved all those issues Jefferson worried about, saying the new Constitution has put at rest forever all the agitating questions related to our peculiar institution, African slavery as it exists among us, the proper status of the Negro in our form of civilization. V.P. Stevens said that advances in science proved that the enslavement of African-Americans by white men was morally justified and that it coincided with the Bible's teachings. Not the Jesus parts, but hey, one of right-wing people ever read the Jesus parts. And he also stated the Confederacy was the first nation in the world founded on the principle of white supremacy. Let me quote this speech. Again, it's the cornerstone speech by Alexander Stevens. You can use this to shut up your racist cousin anytime. He said, our new government's foundations are laid. Its cornerstone rests upon the great truth that the Negro is not equal to the white man, that slavery, subordination to the superior race, is his natural and normal condition. This, our new government, is the first in the history of the world based upon this great physical, philosophical, and moral truth. Now, of course, have you tried talking about racism with a right-wing person recently in this country? Have you tried doing it on Twitter? Have you tried doing it in the state of Florida, where they can sue you if you try to discuss it in schools? They always turn it around. Well, the Democrats were, were the Confederacy. You must really hate it. Huh? Those, those Confederate Democrats. It's a good thing that, that, that Republican Lincoln stopped those Confederate Democrats. <laughs> they love this. Oh, my God. They're so fucking stupid, these racists. Oh. I mean, we know they're stupid. They voted for Donald Trump, but they're so racist and stupid. So, so you know, you, you, they want to make Democrats own the Confederacy, but they can't let go. It's an easy argument to have. Just say, oh, wow. So you're you're right. Those Confederates were Democrats. And yeah, your Republican President Lincoln, he stopped him. So you must really want to tear down all statues honoring those white supremacist Confederate Democrats, right? I mean, you must want to burn that unholy, ungodly flag, don't you? And then they'll get angry. That's our heritage. <laughs> no, we should ridicule anyone who flies that racist flag that a Republican president defeated, right? No, it's our heritage. I always say real patriots would never defend those evil symbols and memorials, right? Hey, you know what? You know who ended slavery? Liberals ended slavery. Lincoln was the liberal in that equation. It was right-wing Southern conservatives who defended the Confederate flag then. And it's right-wing conservatives from the South and elsewhere defending it now. It was right-wing conservatives of both parties who defended Jim Crow and segregation conservatives of both parties fought for segregation conservatives of both parties joined the kkk only conservatives joined the kkk and if you don't believe this check out who still defends the confederate flag that's why donald trump deserves to go down in history as the second confederate president i mean he's already going to go down on vladimir putin but but the way he defended the memorials are beautiful statues he called them beautiful the way he defended military bases named after Confederate generals who violated their oath and took up arms against the USA to keep humans in bondage. That's the Confederacy's whole game. Hardworking white people suckered into defending the profits of rich plantation owners. Hardworking white folks fighting their battles for them. You'd think back in the 1860s that some of these poor white men might have realized they had more in common with some of these poor black men than they had with the rich white men. And the same holds true today. I was thinking about his lawyers, Mr. Seafried, in their hearing, saying, lacking an education beyond the ninth grade and lacking even average intellectual capacity, Mr. Seafried did not appreciate the history behind the Confederate battle flag. And as Donald Trump said, I love the poorly educated. Of course he does. So the guy who carried the Confederate flag through the Capitol on January 6th, was just sentenced to three years in jail. Now, tell me again why we can't jail the Confederate plantation owner who sent him there. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. I'm John Fugel saying this is progress after dark. I'm so happy to welcome Brian Gaysford back to the show. First, you you know we talk a lot on the show about Donald Trump Jr. being someone who kills elephants for entertainment, but uh, it doesn't really do justice to how skeevy that famous photo is, because it's not just the act of hunting and killing elephants, because, well, Don Jr. never actually hunted anything. The most extreme variety of trophy hunting is canned hunting. That's where most of the victims are, are lions, and they are just served to these privileged men on a silver platter, animals that are born in captivity, that are taken away from their mothers within hours of being born so they can be used in petting zoos, and then when they're old enough, they spend the rest of their life in these caged compounds waiting to be released into a somewhat bigger compound for the so-called canned hunt. Now, anyone can go and murder lions in South Africa like this. You don't need a hunting license or any experience. It's not necessary. So many lions aren't killed by the first shot because these aren't real hunters, which often results in them experiencing a slow and agonizing death. And it's often the case when hunters want to be really butch and choose to kill their prey with a bow and arrow and put it on Instagram. For trophy hunting in South Africa, there are approximately 6,000 lions currently being held in countries, 200 breeding farms and neighboring properties where they will be killed. Which brings us to Mr. Gaysford. He was born in South Africa, raised near wildlife. He grew up within the conservation community, moved here to the States in the 70s, and has been working on the front lines of the conservation ever here and in his home country ever since. He works closely with the founder, Matt Bracken, of the Wild and Free Foundation. They are working to end poaching practices in Africa. Brian's also deeply involved in many other conservation initiatives and everything from the banning of pesticides and poisons to tracking the illegal gun sales for hunting. That's right. Illegal guns are not just used for killing people as well, but his passion, the work that continues to drive him is to put an end to the illegal, evil trophy hunting on his home continent. It is a true pleasure to welcome a true force of nature, Brian Gaysford, back to SiriusXM. Hello, sir. Yeah, John, thank you so much uh, for that very flattering introduction. Um, yeah, I just want to put the record straight tonight. My mission, my mission tonight on the, on the air is, is to reinstate the ban on elephant and lion hunting, uh, which was a, which was put in place by Obama after the killing of Cecil, um, uh, it's re, been reinstated, and, and the Biden administration has not reinstated again. And we're suffering badly. We've lost. We're losing our gene pool of uh, with with trophy hunters killing our biggest catcher, uh, leopard, lion, and uh, our big our big tuskers are virtually vanished out of Botswana. So. Uh, um, that's my mission. Uh, we're never going to stop trophy hunting of the Plains game. Um, and um, I'm open to any questions. Absolutely. Well, my, my first question is, why do you think this administration has been so slow in reinstating the ban? Have they given any reasons or addressed it? I, I, I'm, I'm totally confused because I thought when Biden got in, immediately uh, we actually wrote uh, letters to uh, the administration to to reinstate the ban on on lion and elephant, but then nothing is nothing has happened. I, um, I don't. Uh, I, I, I still, no matter how old I get, I don't understand the the morality of someone who would kill an elephant for entertainment. I I just I I still don't get it. And it's why I admire your work so much, Brian. Did I did I set up what canned hunting is uh, accurately? I mean, how, yeah, how do you, you were, define you were, it? You were you were very accurate. You did your homework. Uh, yeah, that is, this is a, this is a, the, one of the worst. You know, um, 
when it first it's a huge money making industry uh it starts with the with the, with the babies uh, uh you can go and pose with the baby and it costs you about 80 bucks uh then the the walking with the lions the tourists go to which we really have to stop advise the tourists not to go walking with these lions especially up in big big falls i actually had a client that was bitten in the backside by one of these uh, these uh, young lions um that, that you pay 150 dollars for uh, and then as soon as they get older, they're released and uh, into small enclosures. And uh, the hunters from the U.S. or uh, most most of the, the lion hunters are from the U.S. Uh, you can pick yeah. out your lion on the, on the computer at home. You can sit at your office, pick out what lion you want to shoot uh, at different rates. A lion with with no mane, with big mane. You can you can pick a white lion, which would cost you about the highest. Uh, a white lion has been bred with with blue eyes. Um, and that'll cost you about eighty thousand. So, oh. um, most of these, a lot of the, the lion killers who go are actually told that this is a wild lion. Of course, it's right. just a, a BS story. Uh, they're getting sucked in, uh, and and they they don't want to know. Yeah. Um, and the reason why they do this is that you know they they. They, their friends back home have no idea that how easy this is. And I know for a fact that many of the lions are on relaxing drugs, Valium right. to, keep them, to, to keep them calm. Um, and so uh, this is very attractive for the bow hunters. So they can, they can mm. get real up, up close and put, and, and put arrows into these half-asleep sleep lions. It's, 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 uh, and now we have more, we have more lions in captivity in South Africa than we have in the wild. Unreal. Um, Unreal. Uh, Doug Walliter from the NSPCA is very understaffed. I've managed to get him a donation of about $100,000 a year for the next three years um, to to hire uh, extra in, in inspectors to to go out to these places and shut them down. But it's it's a it's a it's a losing battle. Now, Brian, um, you you and, you said the last time you were on our show that. Near, that all hunting in Africa is now canned. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's in the can. It's guaranteed. The hunting industry has to go when they go to Safari Club International. They have to show that they have a hundred percent. A chap that I know uh, who has killed, uh, I think, three or four uh, canned lions. I, put, I challenged him to go and shoot a, a real on a on a real hunt. With no yeah. with no bait, no drag lines, no shooting at nighttime, and he agreed. And I I searched. I eventually found a, a hunter up in northern northern Zimbabwe who said he would do a, a fair chase uh, hunt for this guy. And he finally set it up. And, and in the end, he came back and he said, "I can't do it. It's too risky for the client. Uh, <laughs> it's going to cost. It's going to take too long, and it will spoil. He probably won't even get it in the end." And um, he will lose his credibility at Safari Club International. So I, I, I tried hard to get uh, a, 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 a fair chase hunt set up, and, you, and it's just it, you just can't. It's all canned. Um, yeah. They guarantee they guarantee your hunt. It's so inhuman, and I, I have to ask a dumb question, but. How is this different from what we call poaching? I mean, canned hunting, I understand, is different from hunting, but how is it different from poaching? Well, you know, <laughs> canned hunting is you guaranteed. Uh, the, you know, ah. even the poachers, they hunt. Uh, they, there's different forms. There's the, the um, uh, subsistence uh, hunter who goes out to shoot an impala for his family. Then you have the commercial guy. But the trophy hunter goes and he kills the biggest, and I, right. I, I really think that this is the, this is a, is more dangerous to our wildlife than, than the poaching because yes. our, 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 the gene pool of our, especially our elephants and lion has been wiped out. Lions are breaking out in all kind of. I made a documentary on bovine tuberculosis in lion, and about seventy percent of our wild lions in South Africa are positive for TB and FIV, feline AIDS. Uh. Elephants have been born with no tusks. Why is that? Mm. Is, is that because the elephants are so smart? They know if they carry big ivory, they're going to get shot. Um, they, they shot all the biggest elephants out of Botswana. And um, last year, I put together the first ever 
uh, well, not myself. The group of us put together the first meeting with with the kingpin poachers in in Mozambique. We all yes. got together in one room. They thought we were going to kill them. We thought they were going to kill us. But um, Watch, who was actually my bodyguard, said, you know, he operates in Sabi, a, a game park, a village in just inside Mozambique from Kruger National Park. And he mm. said, we, we shoot an Impala and we go to jail. The hunters come here and they shoot everything. They shoot all our, the, the buffalo, the, the lions, the elephant, and the, yeah. they, they, what happens to them? I said, yeah, they go back to America and then they get an award. So That's the difference, isn't it? I mean, the poachers do it for for money or for to, for subsistence, but the right. trophy hunters are do it because they're wealthy, they're narcissistic, and they need to be recognized for killing this animal. I mean, it's it's uh, it's, it's yeah, and uh, it's um, I mean, uh, I, we have to fight to to stop. Uh, you know, the the big thing now is uh, giraffe. They shooting giraffe. One hunter told yeah. me. He shot three. He, had th- he shot three giraffe. I said, I said, Tony, how can you, how can you, how can you shoot a giraffe? It's like shooting a beautiful woman. I like the sound when it falls. Oh. So oh. you know, this is what this is what we're up against. And um, if we don't, the 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 shooting of our, especially our elephants in Botswana, this is this is insane. I yeah. I, I found 150 elephant skulls that were labeled with a tag with hunters names on it in oh. January last last year in a in a in a taxidermy uh, the, the so the the overkill is insane can I can I ask about this meeting you had can I ask about the meeting you had? I'd like to ask about the meeting you just mentioned because Brian, you're one of the few conservationists who've actually sat down with both the poachers and and conservationists to better understand this issue and I'm curious what were yeah, some of the what, more what, what well, were some uh, of the insights you got from those meetings? Yeah, Matt Matt Bracken was Matt Bracken was present. Uh, Vincent Barkas, who uh, runs an anti poaching uh, unit, uh, we were we we were all together with these with these poachers in in the village of Masangir. Um, and Navarra, who was the head the the top guy, he wasn't there. Um, he's just been arrested. We we worked with Olivia Swag Goldman. Um, from the International Crime Fighting Unit in The Hague. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been arrested. But, uh, yeah, it was very interesting. And, uh, you know, the soccer is doing doing wonders to try and uh, dissuade them from, from uh, especially the women's soccer teams, to dis- dissuade their sons and, and their um, uh, husbands from going into Kruger Park to kill the rhinos. So um, that's uh, thinking outside the box. Uh, but awesome. I don't know how we're going to stop. There's too much money involved. The, the, the NRA... Uh, the, the Safari Club International, um, you know, the, the NRA is 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 about the right to bear arms, That's, and yeah. um, Safari Club International is uh, um, to use those weapons to kill kill our wildlife. But that's that's something that we should mention as well. The the Endangered Species Act is very specific that in order for trophies like this to be approved. The exporting countries have to show that hunting enhances survival of a particular species in the wild by reinvesting money into conservation or by supporting local communities. And yet it just seems like even though they're not meeting that standard, this is still allowed. Donald Trump, when he was running for president, said that he supported the ban. And yet it was in 2018 under his presidency that we moved to allow hunters to import big game trophies, including elephant tusks and lion hides once again. Yeah, I remember Donald, when the, uh, Trump got into uh, got in uh, as president. He 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 said he said uh, trophy hunting is an abomination. Uh, but then he he soon changed his tune, I guess, with the people coming down on him about that. I don't know what we're gonna we just, we have to keep on pushing to the the angle is that shoot the shoot the oldest the lion are are. Beyond breeding age, when the when their nose turns black at six years old, Cecil oh. was Cecil was thirteen, uh, and he had right. uh, two female. He had he was con- controlled over him, him and uh, Jericho were controlled over two prides at thirteen. So this 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 BS that the the hunting lobby puts out is is just ridiculous. 
But but I mean, it is the lobby. I mean, it is driven by the money. That's why it's it's such a powerful entity because hunting is very very expensive, and the more it costs to bring back a trophy kill, the more attractive it is to the hunters. It's an industry. Yeah, and uh, you know, you know, Cecil. I, I I keep on getting back to Cecil because I was the lead Please. informant for the FBI on that case. I knew every detail. And you knew that, Cecil. That, yeah, it was you know, and he he was worth millions of dollars to the tourist industry and um, teeth whitening dentists came and killed us. Um, but hmm. um, yeah, the notion that that he was too he was beyond his prime was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you you said the last time you were on this show, Brian, that there once there there was a place for ethical, fair chase hunting in Africa. W- what was that like, and and what what good can come from legal ethical hunting here in the states? The only real hunters that I that that I admire for their fitness are, are the sheep hunters, the guys that that hunt mountain sheep, mountain right. goats, and and bighorn rocky and desert big bighorn. Uh, you have to be in really good shape to be tracking those animals and it brings in a lot of money for for conservation but in in africa there's there's, there's very little fair chase anymore i mean you you, you want to go and shoot a a, a giant uh, i mean a big sable or a big kudu that farmer he knows exactly where that animal is and um uh, he'll get it for you yeah so i i just don't see the days when i used to just pick up a rifle and go and walk in the bush i in my youth i i, I hunted but never, never as a trophy hunter. I, I, I hunted for, for for meat for the Africans, and um, I, I even went on a, on a leopard hunt once uh, mm-hmm. for about a week on a fair chase basis. The, the leopard is too smart. Never saw it. But I remember the fun time in the bush and the, and, and the hunt. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, they fly in with their Lear jet. Uh, they they rent a pack of dogs, chase the leopard up a tree, or shoot it at night on a bait that that is not hunting and uh no. their, their their friends and and club and club members and gun uh membership guys all they think it's so brave oh you just killed a leopard or a lion uh it's mm. probably my my son darted a, a lion at 35 meters when he was i think he was 11 years old so what's what's the what's the sport oh um, let me just ask Brian, what what can be done about this, and how can our listeners support this cause? Well, you know, the only thing that's going to stop is is to have, is to speak to your congressman and get the the, the ban back on uh, the, that was installed under Obama to ban tr- the, the the import of lion and, and space and elephant. Um, yes. So that that is that is my mission to get that. Uh, it's getting very close in Europe to ban everything, which I I don't think will be a good thing for South, especially South Africa, because there's a lot. There's a, the the farmers got rid of all their cattle and breeding uh, plains game, elephant. I mean, nice. not elephant, um, um, kudu and and all these uh, animals for the for the trophy trophy hunters. So. There's actually more wildlife in South Africa than before uh, wow. the hunters came over. But um, uh, if it's banned, they'll go back to cattle farming. Brian the lion and elephant, lion, mm-hmm. elephant, giraffe, um, you know, you shoot. Lion, lion cannot be put back into the wild. You cannot breed wild lion and put them back in the wild. So we have uh, actually Hans Beck, who actually work, works with wild crew in, in Oxford now. I think he's on the advisory panel mm-hmm. there. Actually, he he's he came to me. and said, "Brian, this, we have we have um, this was about ten years ago. He, we have two thousand five hundred big male lions left in Africa. Wow. That's it. I mean, the gene pool is gone already." Brian Gaysford, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you'll come back and join us again. I I so appreciate the work you do, and thank you for reminding us that. We've all got to make some noise and try to push some pressure on this government to reinstate the ban on elephant and lion hunting. Thank you so much for joining us. Please come back again. Thank you so much. We have to take a break, but we'll be right back with your calls in just a moment. This is SiriusXM. 
Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I'm John saying This is SiriusXM Progress. We have two of my favorite comedians in the game at the same time, and I'm giddy, not just because they're on the show, but because I'm doing a great show with them. You guys know Leanne Lord, if you listen to this show, a great stand-up comic and author from New York. You've seen her on VH1, MSNBC. You probably know her many appearances co-hosting Neil deGrasse Tyson's massively popular Star Talk podcast, and she has a PhD, but still talks to me and Chris. Carol Montgomery, of course, um, is a legend. Got her start at Catch a Rising Star, conquered Vegas for eight years, has done so many great shows in New York and on the strip and for the troops and she is the producer and genius behind funny women of a certain age the amazing series of showtime specials that have featured carol and many other comics including caroline ray and carol leifer and thea vidal and of course leanne lord so so i got invited to do a show with the two of these people this weekend on caveat in new york city downtown the show is called what's so funny about aging and it is a great pleasure to welcome two of the funniest comics i know at the same time leanne and carol happy new year welcome back yeah it's good to be here i know happy new year good to be here thank you john it's you are you are you know I, the listening audience will know this but you are a sight for sore eyes my dear oh <laughs> shucks thank you i don't deserve it you just say that because i look like katie lang hey let me ask you guys i'm really excited to do this show with you on sunday um what should we expect from caveat on what's so funny about aging well i came you, you know i i came up with this idea that i wanted to i wanted to hear you know like I said, I did funny women of certain age and, you know, that's a, a certain take on on aging. But it really isn't because a lot of the women, you know, we even though the, the cast, a lot of the cast obviously is over over 50. Some people touch on aging. Some t- people don't. This I wanted to be specifically talking about what it's like getting older and, and everyone's different feelings on it. So we have a myriad of great uh, performers and I just—it's it, just something I decided. I said I want to try something new because I don't have, as Leanne knows, I don't have much to do in my life. So why not add <laughs> something else to the uh, to the mix? And um, and I, 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 you know, John I, and I did want to use I, I, um, you know, John, John's doing it, and Jim Andrinos is doing it, and Jim I did want to include men. In yes, this thanks, that, that's really nice. Thank you. So, so funny <laughs> women and, and their Y chromosome lessers of a certain age really is what yes. you're doing here. Well, okay. but that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show is because aging does affect men also. It doesn't affect men until they're 70 and we start when, you know, 15. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like it does affect everybody. And I think it's I want it. I, I decided I want to I want to just really take and these are all, everyone that's on the show are all good friends of mine. And mm. I just thought, you know, this is going to be a nice, I, I want to hear what everyone has to say about it. Maybe you know it'll I mean? become something other, maybe it'll become another special. I don't know. Well, but yeah, I'm, I mean, you know? that's, that's, that's the only reason I'm showing up. Um, but, like, ah! but, but you know what else I love is that, um, and I should say this again, um, this is not going to be a, a stand-up show, right? This is a storytelling right. show. This Story is monology. Time. This is like little mini Wait, solo shows. Yes, yeah. Leanne. <laughs> it's a yeah, storytelling show. you've never show. done that, Leanne. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. I I told Carol weeks ago. I, I'm doing jokes, just just you know, disguised as a story. <laughs> I'm doing like that. But that's okay. I mean that that's why I want I want a myriad of of different personalities and, and their feelings on what what you know. Some people I you know have jumped you know jumped right in feet first talking about my age and everything. And some people don't want to do, you know, a lot of, you know, people always say, no, I do a lot of material it. about your age, Carol. I have, I have like a solid yeah. 10 minutes on your age. Uh, jokes good. about dust and mold. It's all, you Thank won't you. like it, but it's, yeah, but I'm not afraid of it. And that. having a kid, I, I do those jokes for about her all the time. <laughs> wow. Wow, my, my, you my son Lane. My your yes. son, well, he is kind of your son anyway, but, but, it, but it, it, it's real. Cause everyone has a different perspective about getting old. You know, yeah, really, people. some people are just terrified of it, and some people are going into it like I do, and some people are fighting, fighting it. Some people are, you know, 
But 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 how much of that is the culture? I think I think that we live in a culture that programs all of us to be terrified of aging. I mean, it's the most natural thing you do. To me, growing old means you won. I got lots of motherfuckers who aren't never saw 40 who didn't make it that long. I know all kinds of people that I wish had grown old. But but yet we're we, we have this whole industry. And again, women get the short end of the stick on this much worse than men, although it's beginning with men with the products, but an entire industry designed to make women fear aging and feel ugly to sell mm-hmm. products. And that's, so in, in, I find shows like this very empowering for that exact reason, because fuck that. I mean, yeah. you know, using comedy to say, fuck all that ageism, I think is a, a, a great thing to do, but it's also just amazing in a room. People respond well to it. And, and yeah. thank you for saying the, 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 the A word, ageism. You know, yeah. I, I feel like I'm, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once. As I've told Carol in the past, you know, the, the racism, the sexism and, oh, God damn it. Now the ageism It's like, can I get a break? It's like I'm just ninja fighting everything. But that is actually so serious and, and across the board affects everybody. You know, if, we, if we're going to yeah. make the business case, you know, against it, we are literally losing eons of experience when you mm-hmm. discriminate against your older workers. You know, that that's okay. your that's your brain trust. I saw a wonderful um a meme on LinkedIn that said, when an old person dies, a library burns down, you oh, know? Wow. So yeah, isn't that great? I mean, not that they're dying, but <laughs> you know what I mean? So how are we not availing ourselves? How are we not respecting that depth and breadth of knowledge, you know, in this, this insane pursuit of being young? And I don't know about you guys, when I was younger, I didn't think I had all the answers then either. Right. Yeah, so we, we really do, the, the more we talk about this, the more we're, and we can talk about it in a funny way, I That's, think is what gets yes. people. Because I'm from the George Carlin School of Comedy. If you can make people laugh about a serious thing, it doesn't stop it from being serious, but right. it maybe put, takes the air out of it a little bit. And whew, that was funny. Now let's, now let's do something. Exactly. You know, and I think this is the perfect way. Um, well, and as I like to say to all it. the time, also that ageism is really the, the one, the, the, the last ism that both liberals and conservatives are guilty of. I mean, the other isms, liberals are way ahead, or at least they try to be, or they claim to be. But I mean, it was liberals who made so many jokes about Bob Dole, about John McCain, and John McCain had more energy than than most of the 40-year-olds I know. And now, of course, we're witnessing when we have the oldest president of all time that we've ever had, he's 80, he has a stutter, and dude gets shit done. My God, like a lesbian Scientologist, he gets shit done. I mean... (laughs) So, so much done in the first two years, but all we hear about is that he's senile and a dementia patient. And, and, and you know, we were talking all week about how one of Biden's great strengths is um, he knows how much people underestimate him. So 80-year-old guy with a stutter takes a nap and shows up for State of the Union. They expect him to be feeble, and that old man handed their asses to them in oh, that yeah. speech the other night. I mean, oh, absolutely. I, we, we, you know, I've been saying all week, Carol Kane. Carol, uh, Carol King is, uh, not Carol King, Carol King is 80, Harrison Ford is 80, Paul McCartney's 80, Martin Scorsese's 80, and Carol Montgomery's 80. So, I mean, we see what all of these artists are doing and how much they're doing. It's just, uh, you're close to 80, it's right? It's the semen that makes me look so young. You know that, John. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that's the thing is that, like, I'm I'm going to be 65 this year. And mm. um, and and uh, I, I'm going to talk about this in, in the story is that for some reason, though, to me, 65 like, because I came up with funny women uh, when I was 59. So, okay. like, being 60 was, like, cool and hip. And now I'm 65 and I'm like, oh, shit, that's closer to 70. Like, oh, like, I, that, that's having, I'm having a weird experience with it. And my son's very funny. He's like, mom, you know that it's just a number. I said, I know, but for some reason, it's really hitting me ha- harder than, than 60 did. So yeah. and then and, and like I said, when when you talk like like someone like Biden and all the people you mentioned, I'm I'm a baby to them. Exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. you know I want to get to that. That's why point. I go to so many classic rock shows, because I like being the youngest person in the crowd still. Isn't it great? Nothing gives you a shot in the arm like somebody in their 80s calling you kid. That's it. Yes. It's like, That's it. You know what I mean? It just really just resets the table <laughs> in your mind. And what I do to really sell uh, to up my self-esteem when I'm, I, I go to all those uh, small casinos that are in the Midwest because I'm the hottest woman there. That's right. Yes. Because Me the too. people there are in walkers with oxygen. 
I can I can actually walk on my own. That's a big deal if you're trying That's to right. pick up a girl. Listen, you play your cards right. You could be somebody's third wife. <laughs> yeah. just, Car- just Carol collect that pension, sis. Carol's not going to waste this in <laughs> Vegas or even Reno. Carol's going to go play nickel slots in Laughlin, Nevada. That's, that's, where, right. that's where you're going. I'm telling yes. you. Pahrump. In Pahrump. <laughs> We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. This is Progress. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. You know, speaking of aging, by the way, we all know so many people who treat aging like a disease, like a tragedy, rather than the most natural thing in life that we have to go through. I mean, you survive puberty, you survive, you know, your late 20s, which is when everyone loses their damn minds. I mean, to me, it's just like, if you make it to old age, you've, you've earned it. And right. I mean, if you can find a way to make it entertaining, to make it funny, to make it even empowering, um, and not that any of y'all are at old age, but like, you know, that line also keeps moving. I, you know, 60 was really yeah. old when I was a kid. 60's middle age now. And I think 80 is going to be very different by the time we get there. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I want to be, I mean, like, I, I, Rickles, I, I remember seeing Don Rickles, and he was like in his 80s. And, yeah. you know, he when you saw him before the show, he looked like, like he was wearing a, a bathrobe and, you know, he's shuffling along in his slippers. And then the lights went on. Ladies and gentlemen, Don Rickles, right. he'd have never known I was just talking to that old man because he he went out yeah. there and did same with and not Rodney. Only did, yeah, same thing with Rodney. And, Rodney and was that, seventy-eight, and if the, and if he ever didn't get a laugh, he would say "fuck you." I'm seventy-eight years old, and he'd win them all back if a joke bombed. I feel like I'm in a in a weird place because yes, aging. And, and here's the thing: we're all aging from the day you get here. Boom, clock's ticking. Correct. You know, so it, it's not just a oh, I you know you're over thirty or forty, and now you suddenly started aging. You've been aging the entire time, boys and girls. <laughs> uh, but I'm a late bloomer, and it's like it's so hard to be a late bloomer in an ageist society. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going through things and feeling things now. They like. Girl, everybody did that in their 20s. I know, but I missed it. <laughs> you know what it's like to be like the only one in your friend group who wants to day drink still? <laughs> I'm sorry, did we, I say that out loud? I so did yeah, not. You did. We are at 866-997-4748 on Sirius XM. 866-997-GRIT. You know, speaking of aging, by the way, Leanne, I wanted to reach out to you and say thoughts and prayers uh, for the third and final season of uh of captain picard um i haven't even started the show yet so i'm excited to binge it but i I remember seeing patrick stewart on broadway 30 years ago and he was old then i mean i know i know you must you're the biggest star trek fan i know you must be very excited for this new season i am so excited listen i they could have ended with season one and i would have been fine it was i heard so many people complaining oh it wasn't what they thought it would be listen it was so nice to see the old man and, and so nice to get the band back together, so to speak. And right. uh, season three, final season, starts on the 16th, but I scored tickets to the um, 92nd Street Y. They're doing a screening of the first episode and they're having uh, cast members there. So Jean-Luc oh, will be there, nice. Riker, Gates McFadden, you know. I, I don't know how I'm gonna work out the whole restraining order thing. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, so looking forward to it. This is just like a geek girl's dream. I would lose it. I've, um, but, I've worked with a couple of those people in my life. I've, I've, I've worked with a couple mm-hmm. of next generation people, but yeah, I, I don't think I could handle it. I would just be so starstruck by that. And, and that's the other thing that was, was kind of sobering because I'll still, that's my comfort food. You know, I'll, I'll watch, you know, next generation still. And that was yeah. 30 years ago. Yes, it was. Oh gosh, this is yeah. horrible. I hate right? doing the math. Right. But I'm looking at these these uh, these men and women who it's 30 years later. They obviously look older, but they're still amazing. But they've aged. And it's like, how do you handle that when you're you know, you have a picture of your favorite celebrity in your head and then they don't look like that, but they're still out in the world. So it it helps to get you comfortable with people do change and it, it confronts your own ageism of how you think people should look. Um, you know what else does that, Leanne? It, Classic rock. What? Classic rock really does it. I mean, in the last really? three weeks, we've lost David Crosby, Jeff Beck, and and now uh, Burt Bacharach, right after losing Christy McVie. I mean, you know, we yeah, we have to get used to the people that we loved growing up uh, leaving the building now. 
Yeah. I'm still pining over Prince and yeah. um, heavy. Believe it or not, Heavy D still hurts my heart. Heavy, and D, heavy still D hurts my heart. DMX. Like yeah. what? Where yeah. the hood at? Like literally, where the hood at? <laughs> oh, that last DMX album, by the way, was so great. Like it would have been a, like really? so great oh it, it's wonderful uh, i want to ask one more star trek question because you are the the most um funny uh black woman i know with a star trek tattoo uh, what is the link what, what is the link between um star trek and black history month for you well i'm always going to find uh, a sort of crossover if you will and some folks may not know this if they did not watch um star trek enterprise uh, that was with Scott Bakula as Captain Archer. But mm-hmm. in, I believe it was the third season of that show, uh, we found out that the inventor of the of the transporter was a black man. Ah, it was in the yes, it was in the Daedalus episode. It was um, Dr. Emery Dickinson, which was played by actor Bill Cobbs. And I, well, I remember I, I had to get through three seasons to find that out. I was like, ah, are you going open with that? That's amazing. And then it just tells me that in the 22nd century, um, uh, a brother still might feel the need to make a quick getaway. <laughs> Carol, I've got some Star Trek questions for you as well. No, oh, um, no, I, I, um, I don't no, know. No, I, I, I don't. But she I did. She said Scott I, Bakula and I went Quantum Leap. That's yes. Quantum I'm Leap guy about. took two bites at the sci-fi apple. I'm yes. still there you upset. Go. One for each Nobody century he's lived in, yeah. But, but I mean, Carol, I want to bring it back to the the agentism just a second because you know w- when I saw Joe Biden show up at the at the State of the Union address this week, like nonstop, we just hear dementia, dementia, dementia. We just hear these right. horrible, feeble, feeble, feeble. And then right. to see someone, you know, like many of our artists who are that old and expectations are lowered, and to show up and just deliver it by being the most relaxed person in the room, it kind of reminds us of the quaint little thing about uh, wisdom actually being better than snark. And, you know, I just I just loved it. I don't know, you know, if you have any thoughts on how the political scene has been evolving when we've never really seen this kind of, uh, I mean, we saw it with Reagan, but... I think Reagan really was experiencing a cognitive decline after he got shot. He was saying things every day that, that weren't true. How do you feel when you see this nonstop assault on the, not the president's policies, but on his age? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, I love, I love watching him because like you just said, like to me, when I, you know, I didn't watch the entire state of the union, but I did watch what, you know, when he went back and forth with the, you know, hecklers, which just the fact that he dealt with hecklers at the State of the Union, that's where we are in 2023. That's it, right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I was waiting for him to go, listen, you know, I don't come down to your work and knock the dicks out of your mouth. <laughs> where is the bouncer? Where is the parliamentarian? You know, I mean, come on. I was like, but, but he. But how did he handle it? How do you thought he handled it? Because I thought. I thought he handled it I thought it he really relaxed. Well. When they started heckling him, it was like, then he relaxed and took his time and breathed and right. played with it. Right, because he's always, the only problem I've had, have, have had with him is that he really, because he comes from a different time in Congress when senators, like because he's been around forever. And there was yeah. a time where they actually worked together. So that's he right. still thinks that that's going to happen. And that's where I just want to go, it's not going to happen. But then when they went and heckled him, he was like, oh, okay, well. Let me take my gloves off. And he went right back at him. And it was great. It was absolutely wonderful. And and the fact that he is 80, it's important that, yeah, yeah he's, does he probably have blips in his, yes, I have blips and I'm 65. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so, but, but it, this whole thing about calling him feeble and that he has dementia, it's like, if we're going to really call people names then maybe we should talk about the former guy because if anybody mm-hmm. is being you know there I, I still think that there's a squirrel inside of him and he's just running the you know like he's just <laughs> running him because he's you know because i mean he was also pretty out there you yeah. know but no one called it but what's interesting about him is that nobody said that was because of his age they just went oh that's just him mm-hmm. yeah know? exactly i think it's also important to remember when you don't like someone and I'm speaking in a, in a, in a political sense, um, they will attack what they feel is their weakness. Right. And unfortunately, yes. in American politics, because I can't speak of anywhere else, that comes down to an ad hominem attack where you, you're true. not attacking, as you said, John, the policies. Listen, I would rather hear an attack on some of the stuff that he's not doing right or the things he's doing wrong. Like, let it be substantive. Same. Yeah, you know, let me hear Same. that. 
Right. You know, because everybody's got frailties. Everybody's got weaknesses. You know, poor fashion choices for what? Um, who wears all white in January? I mean, in February. <laughs> my God, woman. Have you no pride? Or my yellow. God. Or yellow. Right. So, you know. You, is that a Kirsten Cinema joke? Is that a, is that a comment on Kirsten? Yeah. I, yes, I thought you looked like go. Satan's Easter there basket. I, I and normally I, I love how she dresses. But yeah, you could you could see that from the Great Wall of China. Those well, elbow I, bands. I, I had said I said I said this is the State of the Union. This is not the Met Gala. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost nice to see girls gone wild grown up. But then not really. Well, you I know, mean, but I mean, as as a, as a, I should shouldn't say mature, but you're somewhat mature. You know, I practice. Um, I I want to hear substantive critiques. I really do. You know, yeah. let me hear the merits. Let me hear the facts. And we have been living in a fact free zone for quite a while. Yes, That's we right. have. So let let me ask you guys both something. Uh, do you feel like you've gotten funnier as you've aged? Do you feel like you've become better comics with age, Miss Leanne? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. First of all, I mean, it's it's from when you start. I mean, if you're starting at 50, it's going to take you a while to build those shops. So it's not just age; it's number of years in, and yes. amount of practice. Your or your your 10,000 hours, so to speak. But if you've been working at this assiduously for a long time, uh, you get a level of maturity. You get a, a level of clarity. You get yes. uh, a level of proficiency. You get a level of what I like to call "I don't give a fuck." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you that's absolutely it. can't. You do care about what you do, but you put it in perspective with what's going on in life. You th- certain things happen to you, and you realize what's important and what's not, and how much time you have or think you have and don't. And so, if not now, then when? And you really just start really clicking. Like you know who you are. You get comfortable in your skin. You're good at your craft, and life you don't gets, give a fuck. You don't I'm give a fuck on how top good of it. it gets. You don't know. I, on I, top I, of it. I mean, like George Carlin and Leonard Cohen, I prefer their stuff after they turn 50 than from before they turn 50. It's just sharper. It's deeper. I liked it when I was younger and I still like it more now. Carol, what what about you? I'm so glad you just said that. I I loved older comics when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. But Carol, mean, like I see, I see you do material about aging, and I've seen you do this in New York and L.A. with rooms full of young people, and you demolish on your aging material with with crowds full of their twenty year olds. Thank you. Um, well, Mo, every special uh, that you know we've taped, you know, we did two at the Bell House, and then we did the third one at the Irvine Improv. You know, it was it was probably fifty fifty. You know, there were absolutely older people there, but there were so many young people there. Because yeah. they want, because they know that, you know, not that they're peers. And listen, there are some great young comics that are coming up now that I, I, do, I adore. Absolutely. But there's just something about, you know, you're, it's like, let me tell you something. That's basically like the way I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. You know, you know, that, and, and everything like you guys said about not giving a fuck. And what's interesting is I, I, I do care and I, and I do love stand up. But, but when I go and do a set, and I have young people come up to me afterwards and go, oh, my God, oh, it was so great. And it's really sweet and it's really kind. Of, and I'm like, yeah, it was good. I know when I'm really good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like I, it, do. I, I don't walk off the set every time going, I crushed it. But so many young comics don't see that. So they see a level of of of, of confidence that I have. And I do. And Leanne knows this especially because we work all the time together. I just don't care. I mean, I've thrown crowds. I've actually thrown audiences because I was bored. I'm like, all right, let's see if I can get them back. Because I yeah. want to have a little, you know what I mean? That, But that comes from being older and, and not, I, who do I have to impress anymore? Exactly. Exactly. I have nobody to impress anymore. Um, guys, I'm so excited for this show on Sunday. I want everyone to come if you're in the New York City area. Caveat is at 21A Clinton Street. It's going to be at 7 p.m. The show is What's So Funny About Aging. Before I, I let you go, uh, Leanne, is it true that you have rewritten the Serenity Prayer? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, nobody asked me, you know, I was bored. So I rewrote those serenity prayer. And I think anybody can use this. It's it's non-denominational. It's uh, my, my version of this is may time grant you the serenity to accept the things you cannot change, the disposable income to change the things you can, and the legal representation to know the difference. <laughs> and can I add one thing to that? Please. And oh, absolutely. And a jug of wine to make it all go away. There we go. Leanne, how do our listeners follow Amen. you and keep up with your work? How, do, how do our evil army of the night keep up with your doings? 
evil army of the night. Follow me with pitchforks, everyone, at veryfunnylady.com. I'm, but I'm very funny lady on like everything, everything. like Twitter. I'm still on Twitter because I love a good dumpster fire. Instagram, TikTok, come see me. And Carol, uh, where can we follow you? And what is the best way to get tickets for this show on Sunday? Um, if you go to caveat.nyc, um, you can get tickets online. I'm sure there'll be tickets at the door. Um, we yeah. are, you know, we are starting to sell out. But, you know, yes. I would I would get tickets online if you can. And carolmontgomery.com. Um, I do want to just plug, even though the t- we're sold plug out. Away. That, yes. Uh, Leanne and I will be down at the Delray, uh, Delray Beach Playhouse with Julia Scotty. Uh, we're, we're we're bringing the band back together, me, Julia, and Leanne. Um, but it's all sold out. It, we're so it's you're gonna love this, John. There, it's it's a lunchbox matinee. So the show <laughs> is at two. You get a sandwich and a bottle of water, and I we're sold out. It. It's, it's I love great, it. I'm telling you, that's the greatest matinees Comedy, are the way to go. No cotton comedy matinee shows are so great. I've been t- I've been yelling at Stephanie Miller for a decade about this. I'm like, there's seniors who like to go to shows. Yes. They have disposable income, and they'd enjoy not driving at night. For God's sakes, you make more money. You play to more people. You play to a totally different audience in the afternoon than you do at night. It's just so yes. more fun. Yeah, we, it's it's great, but that's you know, and, and and we have a bunch of new dates coming down with funny women. So, and hopefully, uh, well, this is our debut show, and hopefully, uh, it, it'll be a big hit, and then we'll do some more of these funny women and decrepit men of a certain age. I'm here for it, uh, Carol. How do we follow you and your doings? <laughs> uh, Carol Montgomery uh, um, at Carol Montgomery Comic on Instagram. I'm still on Twitter too, National Mom, and uh, you know, Faith. Just Carol Montgomery. If you Google me, I pop up. Thanks, guys. I can't wait to see you uh, live and in person this Sunday in New York City. Thank you.